Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast with me, your host, Chris Target. This podcast is for mortgage brokers and estate agents who are looking to grow their online presence through social media. I'll share tips, best practices, and useful tools that will help you save time and ultimately expand your business. Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast. Today, I have Mark Seddon of Fortune Financial with me. Mark has been running Fortune Financial for nearly 10 years, so he's a great person to talk about the highs and lows of running a business throughout the different markets. A recent LinkedIn post where one of his team told him that he shouldn't be making the cuppers, so there's a photo of him with his cuppa sat there, it just shows how he runs his team because he turned around to that person and said, there's no, not, not a hierarchy, but everybody should be treated as equal, which is a lovely ethos and we're going to get into that. I'm really interested to get into that. Mark's very well known for his LinkedIn morning videos. So they're part motivational, part topical. And one video even featured a nod to the Social for Brokers podcast last, last week, which I was really grateful for. So thanks for that, Mark. We're going to talk through things all business and all social. So without further ado, welcome to the podcast, Mark. Hi, Chris. How are you? You all right? I'm very good. I'm, I'm a bit excited, to be honest, because it is the 29th of June and tonight is England, Germany. So if you listen to this in the future, this could be a horrible thing to hear. <laughs> we, you know, we could yeah. listen to this tomorrow and think, yeah, we, we, we sounded way too happy about this. <laughs> well, as, as you said, uh, I'm all about positivity. So yeah. let's let's aim for another for it 5-1. <laughs> Are we going to go 5-1 straight in? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that one. Yeah. So how's business at the minute then for you? It's really good, actually. Very busy from a pipeline perspective. Um, again, something that someone listens to this podcast in the future, they're going to look back and think about the stamp duty exemption that's happening at the moment. Um, that's coming to an end. So we've got many people looking to complete over the next couple of days. Um, conveyances are run off the feet. And also we're building the advisor team at Fortune Financial at the moment. So we're, we're full on with regards to recruitment and training and, and really putting the time into them. So how many, how many, well, what's your staff at the moment? How many people have you got? There's 10 of us now. We just hit double figures. Wow. So we've got three new advisors come in as of Monday this week, um, which is a, a big step for us. And it was one of the, the big elements of the business plan is to, to grow a lot quicker in 2021. And um, for me, I've kind of took a slightly more of a, a back step with regards to advice for mortgages and, and insurance. And I'm, I'm concentrating now on working um on the business rather than within the business oh. and getting people um up to scratch giving them what i've learned over the last you know 17 18 years well well let's start there then so i won't go back right to the beginning of your career but fortune financial planning it's 10 years this year isn't it it is indeed yeah, yeah. Well, you know we'd actually planned to go to barcelona as a team in august oh. so covid's probably putting that on hold so we don't have to delay it for another year and but we'll have to put some other celebrations together but yeah 10 years and you know what, we can say it's gone extremely quickly from one perspective, but also at the same time, so much has been done in that time. And when you really sit back and look at the amount of um, work and, and effort and just different things that you've planned and changed and marketed over that time, it's absolute madness what you need to put into a business to make it a success. So how did it start then or where did it start and why Fortune Financial? Fortune Financial is the name. There's a bit of a spin on words with Fortune. We can tell you your, um, your, your fortune in itself. That means your, your, your financial fortune moving forward. Um, of course, I've got a mindset that as a business owner, I want to earn a fortune. There's that one as well. <laughs> like everyone, and yeah. A, yeah, and there's, there's another couple of spin-offs with Fortune Financial. And 
for me, I came through as a, an administrator of telesales within financial services many years ago. And I worked with 30 advisors nationwide where we purchased leads from Money Supermarket. And it was very much the early days when the internet was becoming um, a lot bigger, um, wasn't known as well for, for lead generation from a personal perspective for businesses to do it themselves. Mm -hmm. And um, we booked appointments for advisors nationwide that was probably turning over £100,000 a week, but we purchased um, £40,000 a month worth of leads. So it just shows back then even that the investment into um, what would have been websites and um, generating leads from that was huge back in the day. And that was probably around 2002, 2003, up to 2010. And of course, when we had the crash, um, it, it kind of started to fall to pieces in that business. But that's when I decided to go on my own and set up a business, which I did with some other advisors. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, Fortune Financial was launched, as you said, 2011 in August. Wow, and then it's grown. It's grown from there. Now you have got ten staff. Do you, do you enjoy? Yeah. Obviously, we know if nobody knows who you are on LinkedIn, you're very positive. We're going to go through social media in a bit, a bit further mm -hmm. in the podcast. But you're a very positive individual. You're not. I wouldn't say you're. Um, I, f I forget the word, but the positivity it's real. Do you know what I mean? It's not. You're not outlandish with it. It's all about treating people right, and it's within their realms to what they can do. You're not this overly positive person that. Do you know what I mean? The grass is green. No, no, it's blue. I'm going to tell I'm you. I'm not reading from the textbook. No, yeah, not yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, most mornings I've, I've got my Audible app on my iPhone. I'm listening to a, a nice motivational um, book and I've come to the office and you pick out the old quote. And don't get me wrong, I'm known for a quote. You'll probably find that out today. <laughs> um, but I'm a big believer in that people by people. And yeah. I've got a bit of a saying in that we're not in the financial services industry, we're in the people industry. Mm -hmm. So, don't get me wrong, I've not always been that way. Back in the day, you know, you put your telephone voice on, you're very tense when you deal with clients, especially on the phone, um, getting very hot doing it. Whereas today, I've learned that, you know, you need to be yourself. So when it comes to posting, etc., that's the best way to be. And you connect with the right kind of people then. Have you found... Clients, clients get you. Well, that's it. That's what I was about to say, because that would be very easy to build that relationship and be yourself face-to-face. -face. It must have been a lot harder over the last year doing telephone appointments. I've, I've always been big for telephone, if I'm honest. Oh, I know okay. Zoom become a, a big thing on the on the back of telephone in, in the pandemic. Um, but for me, as I said, people by people, with the telephone, I've always found out as well that you've got to kind of have different levels of your voice. Um, you know, I talk anyway. Um, <laughs> you're very monotone and um, you talk to people on that basis, then you struggle to kind of put that passion across and that fire in your belly and the importance of what you do, especially in my industry, being a protection advisor, arranging insurances, you, there's, there's no point in just as a monotone talking about life insurance. You, in the nice possible way, you sound a little bit like a Grim, Re Grim Reaper turning up doing yeah. that. Whereas when you really can bring it on a, on a lower tone with regards to emotion, and then higher tone and faster talking with regards to excitement, with regards to if you really have a passion for a certain product, that's for me how the telephone really works. and. You, can you teach that? You can, you can teach it slightly, but I'm a big believer in you've just got to have a confidence and how you get that is through, you know, firstly, having that passion and fire in your belly, but also having product knowledge and more importantly, believing in what you do. And, you know, if you don't believe in what you do and you're not enjoying what you do, Move. Not a tree. Here we go. That's the, I'm going to mark these down. So we have one, yeah, one right, quote. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, put a patent on these, should I? <laughs> oh, my phone's going off here. That's a good one for the podcast. Um, so in terms of when you when you started the business, what would you say the biggest challenges were that you had? I'd, I'd, I'd say the biggest challenge is what any advisor would start by saying. It's lead generation. It's how do you speak to the next client? How do you get clients to take you seriously when you're a newbie as well? You know, when, you, when your product knowledge is, is low. Um, and also, to be honest with you, it's, it's getting life experiences through business to be able to do the job as a specialist as well. Because everybody should personal brand themselves to be a specialist in whatever they do. That's, that's, that's my opinion. Some it's people may disagree with that. The go-to guy in that particular area. So the go-to guy of protection or the go-to guy of life insurance. Do you mean like Absolutely. almost like a niche industry? Absolutely. And from, from day dot, that was definitely the biggest struggle is where the next bit of business did come from. And you start with, you know, your friends, your family, your friends of friends, and then that can soon start to dry up. Mm-hmm. So you need to put tools in place and processes in place to be able to help you create more opportunity. And I now believe in the current climate, it's impossible not to be busy. There's all there's endless opportunities. And, and I'm aware now after 10 years that the biggest thing in any business as a business owner is marketing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And whether you do it yourself, whether you get someone else to do it, it should be at the forefront of running your business. And if you don't, you will dry up. You may have peaks and troughs of success, don't get me wrong. But unless you're master the marketing side of things, then you're going to struggle. It's interesting that you say that, talking about marketing and talking about there's so many opportunities out there to, to gain business. You did something quite clever during lockdown, didn't you, with free wills? Because you, well, well, tell us how many wills did you give people and what opportunities did that present to you as a business? Absolutely. So you, you bit a nail on the head as soon as the pandemic hit. We currently work with a lot of estate agents around the likes of Hertfordshire, Bedfordshire, Cambridgeshire. The, the estate agents essentially shut shop and they didn't have a planning place to be able to um, show properties other than the obvious online and who wants to buy an house through a picture? Not many people. Um, so we had to adapt and protection has always been my specialist area. Mortgages are, of course, a big part of the brokerage. But for us, we needed a tool that enabled us to speak to more people uh, a time where people were probably hesitant about money as well. And... But at the same time, people had a lot more time on their hands. People were at home. So one thing that people always think of doing but never get around to doing is arranging a will. Mm-hmm. And we, we thought about implementing it into the business for a long time. So in January last year, I set up Fortune Wills and Estate Planning. Then okay. I work as an introducer to Fortune Financial. And we offered, we don't like the word free. We offered a no-cost will writing service and all we ask our clients is to make a small donation, no obligation, to our charity Mind for Better Mental Health. Oh, nice. So the, why that went down well is because everyone likes something for nothing. Again, everyone had a lot of time on their hands at the time to be able to set aside to get the world done that they've always needed to do. But for us as a business, I'm a big believer that a bum on a seat is an opportunity. And once you do a great job for someone, for example, with the will, and they get to know you as that individual and that brand we talked about. And they can then find about your other services and products. It's likely they're going to buy from you again, I suppose is the best way of putting it. They've bought into so, your brand, haven't they? They've bought, they trust you. They've trusted you to do the will, so I might as well do the mortgage. And I'm sure if you sold cars as well, they'd come to you for a car. Do you know what I mean? Because the mortgage you is exactly like you said, people buy from people. 
and that was the biggest inquiry when we did the the marketing for the the no cost wills it was what's the catch and we said there isn't any catch it is at no cost to you the only caveat about it really i suppose we would say is that you would consider us in the future for other services and we just kind of live in hope and you shouldn't live in hope but live in hope that if we can do a good job for you now you'll refer us to your friends your family and also you'll, you'll come back to us when it is time for your, your mortgage remortgage or alternatively your insurances that tend to link in with a will as an example like the lost leaders that you get at supermarkets don't you they put them on the end of the aisle and they'll probably make a loss on that but you're in there well whilst i'm here i might as well have a conversation to you about x y yeah. and z what, what, you, what, what you find with a will chris is that the most important reason for arranging a will is to appoint guardians for your children anyone with children if you've not got a will go out and get it done now you want to contact me by owns will do it but there's plenty of good people out there can arrange a will for you when you arrange a will we map out your assets and one of your assets is your life insurance your life insurance has a value that when you pass away it's going to give a lump sum of money to your family as financial security now that life insurance should be written into a trust and that mitigates your liability for inheritance tax it ensures the money goes to the right people and also, it pays out quickly without any delays with probate as well. Now, while you're doing a will, if you've not got a trust, it makes sense to write the will and the trust together. So that gives us the ability then to say, well, we'll do that for you, which then opens up um, the conversation around the protection. Is it doing the right job? Is there any shortfall? Is it giving you enough? Is it the right quality? And of course, that then leads to business that is, is profitable for the business as well. So the clients are happy. You've done the well, you've done a great job for them and they've not just um, got a new policy. It's an advice policy that's firstly set up correctly, but secondly, you've done a proper job that I'm all about doing. And um, you're again just witnessing that, you know, you do your job right, so they'll come back to you for other services in the future. Yeah, and that, that was the whole idea behind that, wasn't it? You acted quick, you quickly... I was going to use the word pivot. I'm going to use it. It's just that it was used everywhere last year. But <laughs> job, though, yeah, yeah. Couldn't think of another word. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you, you changed very quickly, and that was a positive thing. And it was you had a challenge then, and you made a change. But what would you say is one of the big challenges right now today? What's a challenge in your business? I, I think in my business, the challenge at the moment is is finding good people. Is it? Yeah. The, recruitment can be easy but when you get a good employee look after them tenfold someone said to me recently you should employ fast you should get rid of people faster but you should promote fastest gary v that one was it <laughs> yeah yeah i've heard that a couple, was it? A couple of times um, he's kind of he talks about hiring sometimes he hires people that just don't fit and you've got to fire them before they start especially if it's like yeah. a very negative perk because you're very big on team aren't you absolutely yeah everything's about the team for me everyone's equal we talked about at the beginning and um, we all work for each other and how we work as a business at fortune financial is we're like a number of different cogs in the engine mm -hmm. and if every cog's working and working well we'll have a great month if someone's not on point within um that suppose department if you want to call it then it, it'll fall short so everyone understands that so everyone works for each other not just for themselves as well Love and we were having a conversation before we started recording the podcast about your team set up and how the company runs can you talk us through 
how many hours your staff work a week. Absolutely. So the, the staff work the hours they want to work a week. So the contracts say nine till five. And in the interview, I say, you're not a nine till five worker. If you get in the office early, you're going to win. If you stay late, you're going to win. If you come on a Saturday morning, you're going to win. You've got to work harder than your competitor. Whilst at the same time, don't put the pressure on yourself and create an anxiety in yourself thinking you've got to be in work at nine o'clock and you'll be stuck in traffic, for example, which is an awful way of starting your day. So if you're working late one evening, rock up at 11 o'clock the next day. I don't mind because as a business owner, it's all about results. And with that mindset and having that vibe within in the business, what I tend to find is that people work harder. They don't work eight hour days. They tend to work nine, 10 hour days and they'll come on a Saturday morning. But yeah, they'll take the time out. They might end up in, in, in the pub for a few beers on a, on a Friday afternoon at three o'clock because the diary's quieter. But then Monday they'll do a 10 hour shift and make up for it. So the results tend to be improved with that relaxed approach. And was that because of COVID or was that something you've always done? Always done. I've done it because I've come from a self-employed background myself. Mm -hmm. I'm very much the kind of person that, I, I suppose if I'm honest, I've got to say that I like things done in the right way. So I've got an opinion. Mm -hmm. And I like other people to be very strong-minded as well and have conviction in how they do things. So for me, it's a matter of, you know, the work you put in, the results you get out of anything. So when I always like asking this of people <clears throat> that are quite strong-willed, do you respect somebody if they challenge your opinion? Oh, absolutely. Very much I so. I find that with yeah. a lot of people that are very, not opinionated, because opinionated has got so many negative connotations around it. But, for example, Piers Morgan is one of the most opinionated people that you'll meet. Yeah, but yeah. Him and his son have different opinions, but he respects his son for it and says, well, have an argument or yeah. a strong wordy conversation. But at the end of the day, we go for a pint because everybody's entitled to their opinion you've hit the nail on the head and listen i'm not saying i'm always right <laughs> <laughs> that's it got an opinion. Um, <laughs> you, you can learn a lot from other people and that's why it's so important to connect you know with, with people through through your social media channels connect with people within the same industry as you or other business owners as well um and sometimes when your opinion is, is found out and someone else is, is doing something that's a lot better, you see best just to hold your hands up and adopt that, that approach and move forward. Um, so definitely not saying I'm always right. What I'm saying is I've, I've got a strong mindset that I like things done properly. And yeah. if everyone's got their own ways of working. And you talked about the people in my business, that we recruit on character, not talent. Love I'm that. a big believer we can teach anybody the job um, and the knowledge and even we can put a, a bit of passion behind it and give them a bit of fire in the belly. But at the same time, I've talked about people buying people. If we get the right characters in the business, the team will bond um, because we'll, we'll all gel. But everyone will want to work in their own unique way. So when I train my staff, I train them on what I feel is the right processes to use. But then I fully expect them to adhere to them processes in their own way and make it their own. Because there's no point in being fake. Oh shit, you, you're not going to be self, and then people are going to find that out straight away. It's the same as we were talking about kind of sales calls. You could tell somebody the exact words to say at the exact time, but if they don't put their own spin on it, they're not going to win because you need you need that personality to make it yours. See, that reminds me back in the day. We used to be given scripts, and there's nothing worse than a script. No. For me, you've just got to say it um, from the heart of anything. 
and um, of course you need to have structure. I suppose that's a better word. Stru- yeah, structure. have a structure. It's yeah. like me, and you probably have heard that on the beginning of the podcast. I write out the beginning, and sometimes I put the full stop in at the wrong place, and it just throws me because I think I'm not speaking naturally. But I have to have something as a structure just to yeah, just to read out. But so in terms of social media, so talks about the business, how you set the business up. Obviously, you've got this great team ethos. But social media came along, and we're going to talk about that 10 years that you've been in business, how it's changed. But mm. when did you start going big on social media? Do you know what? I'd, I'd say the different channels vary to that answer. For me, Facebook's always been something that I've um, invested in, I put money into Facebook, but also put huge amounts of time into Facebook, personally myself, but also from the business point of view as well. And the reason for that is I believe Facebook is right for our audience that we want to capture. So it's probably more of an age from you know 30 to 60 as an example where the likes of the new platforms coming out, the Instagrams, the TikToks, especially, it's a lot of a younger crowd. And I'm not saying that's not good for business because it could be much more long-term clients. It's just the target audience that we're looking for at the moment is, is likely going to be more Facebook. But I'd say I'd use Facebook definitely for as long as the business has been going, the last 10 years. Okay. But um, I'd say more on a week-to-daily basis over the last three to four years, I've really put a lot more marketing into into you know, digital marketing in the, in the digital world we're in. That's where you've changed your approach. When you say you spend a lot of time on Facebook, how how much time? So you post, say, three or four times a week on Facebook, maybe? Yeah, I'd say so, yeah. And how long do you spend chatting to customers on there, interacting with people? What does yeah. your evening look like when you sit down, or is it when you're at the office? Well, you, you, you've hit the nail on the head there, it's the evening. So... Yeah, you, you've got to allocate time every day for, for social media, I believe. And you've also got to vary your content. So Mondays, I'm all about positivity. It's going to be a great week. And I don't really talk about business in itself. Tuesday, I might talk about some kind of specialist product or feature that we've got on offer at the moment with regards to our um, provider panel. Um, Wednesdays, I might start to show something that I did it at the weekend with the kids and bring something real into the conversation. Um, Thursday, I'll probably pick something up from the week that I want to talk about. And then Friday is my favourite day because I always wish everyone a great weekend. And I've not, not done this for a while, actually, but I used to make a, a video and mention to all the connections that I connected with for that week and I'd tag them in the post. Okay. And what I found that did is it gave me crazy engagement because everyone would be coming back saying, Oh, great connecting too. You have a good weekend as well. Oh, thanks for the um, the content that you've put out this week. Um, and what amazes me with LinkedIn, especially, is that people generally want good content and they reach out to you when they don't even know you. But LinkedIn, I probably don't know 99% of the people on my connection on LinkedIn, but they, they take the time to send me a direct message, and I should have got a couple ready to read out to you, if I'm honest, so apologies I've not done that, saying thank you for your post this week or over time. I find you um, really uplifting or really right. positive and, it, and, it's, and, and it's encouraging me to post more or whatever it may be. So when you're getting that kind of stuff from people you don't even know, it makes you want to do more of it. And do you know what the best thing is as well? We don't. I don't think we think about this when we put social media content out there. 
99% of the people that have seen that post and have spurred them on to do it themselves wouldn't get in contact with you. So you've got to think out of that one person that's messaged you, there's probably a hundred people that have taken something from it. And the best thing about social media is everybody goes on about figures, likes, comments, engagement, shares, everything like this. But a lot of people will scroll past your post, not even like, comment or share it, but it would still have an impact on them. That's that's why I love social media, because you can make an impact on somebody's life without even knowing about it. And they might come to you in six months time and go, Mark, I saw your post about a free will. I've been weighing it up for six months and I realised how important it is now. I can't thank you enough. We sorted one. Yeah. Fortunately, something happened in the family. But without you telling me how important a will was, that w- I would never be in a, not a fortunate position, but a position where I'm a lot stronger than it was it would have been before. Absolutely. And that's something so important with regards to consistency with your posting as well, mm. is that people will scroll past your posts. People will engage with your posts. People will message you on your posts, but they still won't take your service. So people are thinking, well, what's the point of doing this? The thing is they will take your service, but they might take it in six months, in a year, in 10 years' time. So just believe in what you're doing with regards to your posting is is my advice. And And this is a content flowing. I'm having with people at the moment is that Facebook at the moment, nobody really knows the algorithms, but the audience you reach about 30 percent of your audience when you post yeah so in business you've been in business long enough it's seven to ten touch points with somebody before you make an impact mm-hmm. if you think only 30 percent of the audience see it you've got to post three times a week for them to see one post and you've got to do yeah. it 10 times you've got to yeah. release 30 pieces of content before people get to know who you are absolutely That's, yeah you're really consistent with your posting aren't you and when you post on Facebook and LinkedIn, how many, what percentage of your leads would you say you get through Facebook and what would you say you get through LinkedIn? And do those types of leads differ? They differ significantly. So percentage of leads, I'd say 90% through Facebook. Wow. 10% through LinkedIn. We're, we're dealing with hundreds of clients through Facebook now. So we can't really challenge that at the moment because that's where our focus is. Mm-hmm. And LinkedIn for me, I've specialised in protection for 17 years now. So I then took it down the level about five years ago of business protection. So for me to, to speak to you know limited company directors, arrange tax efficient policies that you can you know offset against corporation tax, that is still a benefit for you and your family, et cetera. That's so important. And it, it, again, it's a specialist area and not a lot of people shout about that kind of advice. So I find that LinkedIn is great for generating connections and, and opportunities in in that field whereas facebook is it can be so varied and again business creates business so whether you're speaking to someone about a will you're then doing a mortgage for them and a protection for them because you you can be a bit of a swiss army knife within financial services um i do believe though at the same time i contradict myself here you do need to specialize somewhere and you need to build that personal brand in you being a specialist at something but that doesn't mean you can't work with other specialists within your business which is the setup of Fortune Financial. We've got mortgage, mortgage specialist, protection specialist, will specialist, trust specialist, but you'll find that the mortgage specialist can still do protection. So yeah. when you deal with that client, again, you build that trust and that relationship, they're then going to come back to you for, for more services as well. Interesting you talk about that niche because even if you do say, I only specialise with footballers, doesn't mean that if a doctor comes to you, you don't you don't you can't do their mortgage. Do you know Absolutely what I mean? Not. And I think Absolutely that's fear, not. isn't it? If people try and niche down too much, they feel that they're blocking out everybody else. 
Well, there's a lot of business out there as well, Chris. So I used to say this example with my earlier advisors. I used to just say, do me a favour, just, just drive to work tomorrow morning and count so many houses you drive past. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, they didn't have to say anything more. Just planted the seed. Oh, yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, all these people have probably got mortgages. Yeah, so you can't say there's no opportunities out there. You probably half of them have got children. They need protection in place. So there's opportunities wherever you go. So whether you do specialise in, in um, doctors, for example, there's a lot of doctors out there to, yeah. to market. So absolutely, I'm a big believer that being a specialist in, in an area as well is, is key. That's down to your positive mindset as well, though, isn't it? It's having that abundance. Not always been that way, though, if I'm honest. No, people, you know, I've got to say that and, and be honest because people, when they do message me saying, you're always positive. It's not that I'm always positive. Sometimes you have to be positive to make yourself, uh, put yourself in a, a better position. And sometimes things aren't going well for you, whether it's your personal life or, or in business. And I've had my struggles over the years. Don't mind saying that on a podcast. Running a business is tough. And that's why I support mine for better mental health um luckily for me it's not been on a severe level but you know i've suffered with stress from business financial stress um anxiety through worries of where we're going to make it and we're making the right decisions and it's okay that and that's the joy of the social media and connecting with other people is that you get to speak to people who are going through similar journeys with yourself as well that's nice to hear it from you that is a lot. I, I I find you very positive. You're always perceived as positive, but it's nice for you to say, yeah, there are down moments and absolutely. Mental health has been a big shift in mental health, which has been great over the last twelve months. But it's it indeed great here on a personal level from somebody that a lot of people that listen to this will see you as the motivational person. So it's really good to be honest with it. But with with social media, we talk about yes, at the moment we're posting five times a week. But it wouldn't have been that way 10 years ago, would it? What did you do 10 years ago before social was about? Good, good question, isn't it? There's, there's many things you can do, and I still believe they still work. So, that, you know, you can still do the likes of the mortgages. You can buy leads, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the websites, generation. The biggest lead generation tool that's going to be more successful for anyone within our industry is referral and recommendation. Right. Nothing is better than that. Business creating business. We talked about the wills. Within a will, they appoint an executor, a guardian, a trustee. You need to speak to all them people. You need to tell them what they've done for, you've done for the friend. The friend needs to tell them what you've done for them and how good of a job you've done. And do they want the same service? And then at the same time, you need to ask. You need to step outside your comfort zone and say to them, who else do you know you've got kids that I can look after? And you need to plant that seed at the start, in the middle, and at the end as well. Yeah. It, like you, sorry to cut you off there. I do apologise. But it, oh, it's such a it seems such a simple question to ask but it's sometimes one of the toughest i think it's a british thing the americans are amazing at it but absolutely we rarely, we rarely ask for business do we it, it's stepping outside your comfort zone once you've done it once or twice as with anything it'll come naturally to you mm -hmm. you've just got to start doing it Love and it. if you believe in what you do and you've done a good job for a client why are they not going to refer you to the friends and social media makes that referral process a lot easier now, doesn't it? That Absolutely somebody does. can put that referral on social media and reach 500 of their friends. But if they did it in the pub 10 years ago, only 20 people would be there to listen to it. Yeah. So you could reach out to a customer as an example and on completion of a mortgage or finalising the will arrangements, arranging some protection, putting it in trust, whatever it may be. You say to me, do me a favour. Are you happy with the service? Yeah, absolutely happy. It's been brilliant. Thank you. Will you just write that on your Facebook page when you tag me? 
all their friends are then going to say, oh, thank you, Mark, for arranging my mortgage. It's been great. We're now looking forward to enjoying our new home. So all their friends and family are now going to think, do you know what, we could do with a mortgage advisor. Maybe we should contact that. So absolutely. Do they, do they tag your business page in that or do they tag your personal page in? Personal, personal. Okay. So, yeah, I'm a big believer in keeping the two separate. Mm-hmm. I, I do that with all the team, hence why I'm doing training with the, the advisors at the moment on branding, personal branding on social media and how you approach that. Because the business can post from a business perspective and build a brand, which I'm a big believer on. But the individuals within the business, they've got to step outside that comfort zone. They've got to put themselves out there and they've got to get themselves busy. Mm-hmm. And you're better having you know, 10 heads doing it than just yourself as a business or if you're paying someone to come into your business to do your marketing or manage your social media. You still have to have it working in different ways as well. And everyone will work differently as well. So they'll have different results, I expect, at certain times. And what I love is before we started this podcast, we were talking about your new team coming on board and you have a four week intensive, I don't want to make it sound like boot camp where you're putting them through the pain. I mean, but it is. Four, four <laughs> yeah. of how, how to do an appointment, et cetera, et cetera. But you spent three hours today just talking to them about social media. How Absolutely. In, doesn't that just show you how important social media is to running a business now? Yeah. So we, we launched a protection academy within Fortune right. Financial. So you can come in now inexperienced and we will give you all the USPs, the tools to do the job and we'll give you whatever time you need. So from a social media perspective, it, it, it's so important to show them, you know, what, what hasn't worked and what has worked to save them time, but also getting working effectively mm-hmm. for sure. So you're almost giving them the tools to be able to generate their own leads, aren't you? Exactly that. Absolutely. I think yeah. every company should have, some type of social media training because the financial financial i know protects well protections heavily regulated as well but there's so many different things you have to make sure you do on social that you need that professional training but then you need to know how to personal brand yourself how to sell yourself absolutely you do absolutely and then that needs to roll down to the staff doesn't it obviously on social media you can you open yourself up to negative comments and if you're putting out five posts a week after time, you're going to get a negative comment. Have you ever had anything negative on social? And how do you deal with it? It's been very rare, if, if anything. But what I have had, I've had, because of, I keep talking about being yourself mm-hmm. and don't change for anyone. So your content's got to be yourself as well with personal branding. I've had somebody message me within the last few months saying, I've listened to your video and I nearly switched off after 10 seconds because I wasn't impressed. So it was some feedback. And he was talking about my energy. And I'm, you know, originally from the Northwest. I'm a, I'm a happy chap. I'm quite happy um, putting it out there and, and being myself on that basis. And not everyone likes that. But then also I've got another side to me that's extremely professional, knowledgeable, and I'll put that into the content. So my videos and my contents will vary from an introduction of being me, of course, thanking everyone at the end um, and giving them the contact information. But the middle has got to be full of, of content that is engaging and also showing that you do know your stuff and you're the one to deal with. And that's, that's I suppose, the closest from a negative point of view in what I've got from feedback from somebody. Mm-hmm. But as I said before, what's right for one person isn't necessarily right for another. So I wouldn't take it personally on that basis. Um, what I would do is I'd continue doing what you believe in. And then you're always being true to yourself. Like I say, if you can perceive yourself on social media exactly the same as you would in an, in an appointment, 
if you go out to somebody's house and you're completely different to your Facebook video, people are going to be like, is this the same guy? Because I bought into him because of the Facebook video. I like what he said. Like you said, he's very he's a thought leader in that area. Yeah. And you get to the house and you sat there all shy. Like, well, I'd rather, I'd rather you be yeah. showing a video and showing the house. You know what I mean? It doesn't, it wouldn't fathom yeah. my head as to what's happening between the two. So you just be yourself on social. And I've said in the past, and I've, I've kind of pulled myself back up on it a bit recently because I said to people, do video, do video, do video. It is a great tool, but talking to more and more brokers on this, sometimes video isn't true to what that person believes. They might be very good at yeah. writing a really great blog post that's very informative and they've got yeah. wittiness to write. So that's where I'd probably hold my hands up and say, look, maybe not everybody's made for video. No, and I totally agree. agree. Do, absolutely, I do. Do what you enjoy doing. Mm -hmm. And I see videos on LinkedIn, and I'm not being negative towards this. I'm, I'm, I'm being real again in that people struggle to put video content out there. And you can tell that they've done it in 50 takes and they've tried the best to make the content as structured as possible and they're sat very rigid. And it's all about the product and the service they're offering. If we're honest, people don't want to watch that. And if, if, if that's what you're trying to get across, then maybe there's better ways of putting that across. Podcasts, you know, yeah. uh, for example, um, you know, you're talking about, um, you know, newsletters, vlogs, whatever, um, blogs, sorry, whatever it needs to be. Um, and whatever works for you doesn't necessarily work for the next person. So you've got to find out what you want to do. Absolutely. It's like if, you, if I was to sit there and say to you, right, can you write me a 10,000 word essay? You'd probably mm -hmm. rather do a video, but there might be somebody out there that prefers to do it that way around. I won't be able to keep still. No, but I'm bounce, <laughs> bouncing off the walls. I was going to say bouncing off the walls. <laughs> yeah. Right, awesome. So I, I really hope that's helped people to get an insight of what Mark does on a daily basis with the social media, how you get your staff to train, um, how you use LinkedIn. I think that was a really good one where you tag people in your connections from the from the previous week because that just automatically starts a conversation doesn't it absolutely right and there's, there's there's no point in connecting with people if you're not going to connect with them yeah. You, yeah you've got you've got to reach out to people and there's nothing i hate more than when someone messages you that the minute they've connected with you trying to sell you a product yeah. and it's and it's literally a copy and paste i don't see why people do that i don't know how they get business from that if i'm honest and it's definitely not personal. I know that yeah. for a fact. How many times have you been, have you been offered mortgage or protection from somebody? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> that. They've not read your occupation, have they? <laughs> um, so yeah, the, uh, it, it is exactly what we're talking. Yeah. You're being you're being personal, but it's not just a case of put, you don't just put a post out there and leave it, do you? You'll put a post out there, maybe go back to it on the evening, reply to all the comments connect yeah. with people it's it's an ongoing job isn't it it isn't a case of just drop the post and go and if someone comments on on your post don't like that comment i mean yeah. you, you, if someone's taking the time to comment on one of your posts comment back yeah i mean at least as a minimum thank them for the comment but get engaging with them so of course what that's going to do it's going to i'm sure you talk about all the time with uh, on your podcast is it's going to put your content out to their friends and their connections and then you're off and you're out there and of course, you're going to find that they're then comment on your post. So then have them as a connection. And you might find that you've got something similar. There's business there for you in the future. And, and again, it might not be today, tomorrow, next week. It might be in a couple of years' time. But you've just got to be consistent with it. Yeah. I'm a big believer at the moment. I've been telling a lot of my clients, if you can reply to a comment with a genuine question, always do so. Because 
it means that they're much more likely to respond. Then what that happens is it shows there's more comments on the post, which means that another person that sees that post says, oh, there's nine comments. This is a good yeah. post. And it's just, it yeah. goes from there. And you, you're always creating conversation. But I do agree with you. I don't like people that just press like on the comment. Exactly. Just, even just a quick comment with an emoji, something to say. Look, I've, yeah. I've noticed your comments. Thank you for commenting. I do appreciate And And Lee Flanagan's very good at that. He replies to every single comment that somebody puts out there. Does indeed. Good lovely. His thumbs must be going like this hundred mile an hour. His phone's on fire. Blessing. I'd say he, he does it in an evening, in the morning, in the afternoon, and in his sleep as well. Good yeah, on him. Sleep, I don't think. <laughs> He's a good lad. Blessing. Right. Well, social media. Love it. Thank you so much for the input on that. I think a lot of people are going to get some value from that. What are you going to find as well, Chris? You know, people that are engaging with you on, on these posts and they're writing the comments. I've got a, another little saying that I always, always use. It's S-W-S-W-S-W-M. Some will. Someone saw what next. I like that. There's so many people out there to engage with and do business with. If it doesn't happen with one, it'll happen with the next. I'm going to write that down. Some will. Someone saw what next. SWSWSWN. Right. That is the title for this podcast. That's going to be the one. I love that saying. I've never heard that before. I like that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I've used that for many years. I'm a right. big believer in there is that much business out there and that many people out there that do need your service that you can you can use some time by all means on on not getting the results, but the next one will give you them results. And again, it's that positive mindset to make sure that happens. Love it, mate. Absolutely love that. <laughs> I keep looking at it now. I've written it down. Then. So we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna finish the podcast off with the to say famous strategy question, just because I ask it every podcast and I like to hear what different people's opinions on it. So we're gonna pretend that so you're you're up north, aren't, aren't you? So I'm gonna say you've moved to the very south of Corm down Cornwall Way. You've got a laptop, a mobile phone, and an internet connection. What do you start doing to generate new leads? Well, I'm going to shock you here, Chris, oh, because I've prepared, I've prepared for this question. Oh, I, am, I am surely born and bred in Lancashire. Right. But what was it now? Eight years ago, I moved 250 miles to outskirts of London. And my business is now set up in Hertfordshire. Ah, so right. Okay. I've done exactly that that the question relates to. Oh. I brought my laptop. I brought my phone. Don't get me wrong. I got a few suitcases as well to move down. But I, I moved down here for the purpose of, I met my partner, who knows my wife and has got two beautiful children, which is fantastic. Right. Best thing that's ever happened to me. But also a real incentive to move to the South for me was that business is going to thrive down here. Bigger property prices, bigger salaries. And it's done exactly that. It's been the best move I've ever done. But in answer to your question, if I was to move you know, 300 miles and just have my phone and a laptop, how I would create leads is not just the obvious answer through social media it's through the business that i'm actually doing clients create business business creates business you've got to have that commitment and that driving yourself to believe that when you ask somebody for a recommendation or referral they're going to give it you mm -hmm. and also the business that you're writing it ties up within to create more opportunities so for me, you're not going to get a better business than that. And we've judged that within the business, especially over the last 12 months. Where is our business coming from? We create sources. So from introducers, agents, solicitors, accountants, we've got Facebook, we've got websites, we've got marketing we may have done in leaflets, magazines, whatever it may be. 
and by far the biggest percentage in my business is self-generated business or referral business. So every so, you start off with customers, give me a list of so many people that I could help you with. Absolutely. And we, we talked about the world process, what went into that again, too much depth, but a will creates an executor, a guardian, a trustee. There's three people there straight away going to speak to me. If you're doing a life insurance policy, it should be written in trust. Get four trustees for that protection policy. Speak to them four trustees and Just off you go. Web, isn't it? Just slowly but surely trickling down Absolutely. through all of the people that they know. Absolutely. Yeah. And just what, what people tend to do as well, and, and I've had advisors in the past that have been guilty of this, it works for them. They get really busy. So they stop doing it. So when you find something that works for you and the things that work for me won't work for other people and vice versa. But when you do, keep doing it and just do it better and tweak the process. And once you've tweaked it and you've got it spot on, you're laughing. It's like I always say with marketing, you should, well, you should be marketing all the time. But the best time to market is when you're busy. You don't want to be doing it when you're quiet because you're six yeah. behind generating those leads. Well, what, what you know, found everyone did last year, pandemic hit. And businesses turned around and they said, and I think you mentioned this earlier, we can't afford to put money into that. Or let's cut the budget with regards to our social media investment. Or this, that, the other. When the pandemic hits, you should be doubling your costs in your marketing. You need the more opportunities. You need more engagement from people and leads coming through to your business. And you've got to commit and you've got to have confidence. If you you start a business and you're not willing to commit into marketing, for me, I personally feel you're going to fail. Again, that's one of my opinions. That's everything though. Marketing is everything. I remember speaking to a gentleman last year and he said, I wanted to become a mortgage advisor. I didn't realize I had to be a marketer. And I said, but that's with any business, you have to make sure that you can market. And it goes back, you have to be passionate about it because if there's no passion there, you're never going to be able to sell yourself or your services. Absolutely. But especially a mortgage advisor, it's a, it's a very, on your own, it's a very entrepreneurial role. You've Absolutely. got to generate your leads from that. You've got nothing to sell. You can't make something with your hands to sell. You've got to sell yourself, haven't you? You do indeed. You do indeed. You've got and to market. You, you, you've got to market yourself. But at the same time, if you haven't got that in you to market yourself, there's plenty of good people out there that can do that for you and do a very good job. And it, you know I mean, I, I, I don't build houses. I don't do the electrics. I don't do the plumbing, et cetera. If I need to, I get, I get a specialist in to do that. So if that's what you need to do for your business, then do that. But of course, do it with you know, full common sense in that it's got to meet your, your budget expectations for your business plan. Um, but start small and then grow it as you get the success. Bit by bit. Bit by bit, exactly that. Perfect way to end the podcast. Mark, thank you so much for coming on. I really I really do appreciate it. And oh, bless you. No, I appreciate you having me. Thank you very much. I want to say, well, as a little thank you, to give £10 to a charity of your choice. So which charity did you want to make the donation to? Thank you. That's very kind. Uh, we'll choose Mind for better mental health yep. and um, we'll match that as well. Awesome. Sounds good. That's great. Well, £20 going to the Mind charity. Great cause. Mark, thanks again for coming on. Really do appreciate it and we'll catch up soon. Sounds good, Chris. You enjoyed it. Thank you. Cheers. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Good luck, England as well. It's a few hours away now. So, boys. <laughs> Speak to you in a bit. Cheers. Thanks. So thank you very much for listening. If you feel this podcast brought you any value at all, I'd be extremely grateful if you could leave me a review on the podcast, little five stars, and subscribe to keep you up to date with all future episodes. We can also connect on social, so you can get me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, all with the handle Social for Brokers. Look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you all.